Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, December 27th, 2021, and today we're reading from the big book. We're in Chapter 11, and we're on page 156, the first paragraph. One day he took the bull by the horns, and reading that one paragraph only. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 steps, Dara L., for the 12 traditions, Silvana G., and reading the text are Larry K., Penny E., and that's all. And the newcomer greeter is Nancy C., and the host of the second hour is Karen K. The reference number for Sunday, December 26th, special edition, is 18,301. That's 18301. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Dara L. to read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Great. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much, Dara, for jumping in and doing that. I will now ask Silvana G. to read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Hi, I'm Silvana G. from Pennsylvania. 
a compulsive overeater, the 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, our group purpose. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders, <clears throat> our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related, related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, OA should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need to always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Silvana. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once we are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we're on page 156, the first paragraph. One morning, he took the bull by the horn, horns with an S, um, and I will ask Larry Kay to begin reading. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Um, okay. One morning, he took the bull by the horns and set out to tell those he feared what his trouble had been. He found himself surprisingly, surprisingly well-received and learned that many knew of his drinking. Stepping into his car, he made the rounds of people he had hurt, he trembled as he went about, for this might mean ruin, particularly to a person in his line of business. Um, okay, I'm going to set my timer here for two minutes, Katie. All right. So the, um, you know, this this is uh, this was kind of the, uh, you know, Dr. Bob's last drink. Um, he never drank again until his death. But uh, we're talking um, June 10th of 1935. Some say it might have been later, but but that's that's kind of what we go with here, so June 10th, 1935. And we know that he went on a spender in Atlantic City and 
you know, here he is. He was, as you may recall, he was a member of the Oxford Group Movement. He knew about some of the principles for trying to uh, to live a better life, and, and he knew he had an issue with alcohol. Um, but one of the things that the Oxford Group asked uh, folks to do was to uh, to make restitution for harms done. And uh, Dr. Bob um, was a pretty logical guy, pretty rational guy, you know, albeit his drinking you know, was, was, was something that plagued him. But that was something as a surgeon and as uh, what he thought was a pretty well-respected person in Akron, you know, he, he was not prepared to make those amends. And it wasn't until he was beaten into a state of reasonableness that um, he was. And as a matter of fact, uh, Bill and was living with them during the time and, and with Ann and Bob and Bill and Ann were um, waiting for Dr. Bob to perform the surgery that he was, he was doing. As a matter of fact, he, Bill gave him a beer that morning to steady his nerves. But the point was, when he finished that surgery, he went out and regardless of the, 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 uh, the stigma associated with this, I can relate to that. I remember even, I'll just call myself an addict because I'm, an, I'm multiply addicted, that there was, in my mind, a lot of stigma attached to doing this, to going out to making amends, and I was not prepared to do it, only to where I felt safe. And, and that's somewhat understandable, but at the same time, how free do we want to be? And I think that Dr. Bob at this point said, you know what, it's, will, it's worth the risk. I'm going to go out, I'm going to make amends to the very best of my ability, I have a feeling he didn't make perfect amends. I have a feeling that he, like me, perhaps like you, he didn't make every amends that he would need to make, but he did the best he could. And the point was this guy never drank again and went on to help thousands, somewhere near 5,000 people, some say, in, in, doing, in following the same process. So uh, it's pretty cool. That's what this uh, paragraph means to me is he, he was trembling. I was trembling in some cases, but he went out and he made those amends, and it made all the difference in the world because he put that stigma aside. And, and the reality was, as I'm wrapping up, you know what? People knew I was fat anyway. <laughs> people, knew, people knew that he was an alcoholic anyway, and, um, and they accepted him, and, and he went on from there. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you so much, Larry, for getting us started. And so, um, as we said, we're on page 156, the first paragraph, reading that only, reading that one paragraph. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So, who would like to share on that topic, uh, paragraph? Star one to unmute. Charles H. Charles. Sarah L. Janice PM. Who else? And Charles, Dara, and Janice. Chris, okay, well, let's G. start. Chris D. G. G is in great. Sure. Okay. I'm sorry, who else? Was there someone else? 
Okay, well, we have four people then. Charles H., Dara L., Janice P.M., and Chris G. Go ahead, please, Charles. Thank you very much for your service, Charles H. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, take the bull by the horns. Get your hands dirty. Consistency trumps intensity. You know, next Saturday, we're going to have a lot of people coming in, a lot of bulls, right, coming in on fire. You know, a lot of gym memberships, right? You know, and, and, and by Valentine and this is just real shit. And by Valentine's Day, they're going to be, you know, uh, uh, tapping out. You know, the monkey is off my back, but the circus is always in town. Let me, let me, let me hit you like this. Dr. Bob did it scared. Do it scared, right? You know, we ain't here talking about uh-uh, I'm on the third step for two years. What the hell are you doing? Deciding to think about making a decision? For th- Dr. Bob went in. He went crazy. He, 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 he did his numbers. And like, like my friend said, he may not have done it perfect. Listen, listen, I resent Zoom bombers. I resent racists. I resent people that try to manipulate, people that enable, people that's doing too much. I, that, that's never going to change. And my amends is? accepting it, reading the book of James every single day. That's my amen, right? I'm so grateful that I don't have to fake for y'all. Because guess what? Some of y'all I'll never meet, and even if I meet you, I'm still going to be who I am. That's it. These steps really work. Get in here. Get, get your hands dirty. Get, get your hands bloody. Do what it do. I love my family. I resent the hell out of them this weekend. I couldn't wait to get to work this morning. But I still love them. Just because I resent you don't mean I don't love you. You know, and um, I'm so grateful for, for, for these steps, for the boundaries in my life. I am not beat. I got steel gates up, steel gate boundaries because of these immense process. Some people I got to leave alone. And that's because of these steps. I love it. I am so grateful that he stepped out of his car. I'm working a tech. He stepped out of his car. He did. The, he made his rounds. Spoiler alert: At home, at mi- the next uh, paragraph says, at midnight he was exhausted. We should be exhausted every single day. Some people I call, you know, because I had some ten steps on Christmas. Oh no, I'm not. I'm busy. I get it. I get it. You got a family. Your disease got a family too, and it's trying to destroy your family. And it's coming to your town. It's coming to a, a theater near you. So I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity for people to come on in and get their hands dirty. Stop wasting time. Don't kick the can up the road. This is life and death. Yes, we may hear a lot of people every single day enabling and jacking and trying to be heard and trying to be famous in a mental illness program, but they're doing what they got to do for their life. Yes, I resent Zoom bombers. I don't have no, no love for Zoom bombers. I don't have no love for people that's trying to crash this popular, famous, life-saving meeting. Somebody on here is binging right now. Somebody on here needs to hear this message right now. Yes, you can recover. Take the bull by the horn. And thank you, Katie. With that, I pass. Thank you, Charles. Okay, Dara L., you're up, followed by Janice P.M. Um, yeah, great. Thanks. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Philadelphia. And, you know, I could talk about this paragraph um, from my Dr. Bob days when I was shaky and willing to do anything and terrified of food. 
um, and terrified, you know, that I was going to go back to killing myself with bulimia. Um, and I would have a lot of stories around that, but I want to share something that happened to me this week. Um, <laughs> I lied. I lied to three people that I love and deeply, deeply care about because I have a massive ego and I didn't, you know, I was afraid of what they would think of me. And, um, and and the the experience right of not being rigorously honest the experience of not um not being transparent not showing up as me you know it fed my core i had a core belief that if people really knew me then they wouldn't love me you know and that drove my anorexia my bulimia my compulsive overeating it drove me to act out in any number of ways and um and so telling a lie to three people that i love and care about i i i realized i felt separated from God. And, um, and so I did what Dr. Bob did, you know, and I was inspired. I was inspired by the honesty of newcomers and the honesty of people who are willing to go to any length. And I was terrified when I went to these people that I lied to, um, some of whom are on this line and said, you know, I, I lied, you know, and I love, and I'm sorry. And I, you know, and, and took responsibility, uh, and took ownership. And, um, and the crazy thing about that is that I feel I always my fear tells me that I you know that that doing the thing that's going to save my life is is actually going to kill me right but and and so I have to like I have to be willing to do this work one day at a time and I have to be willing I love what was shared about you know that this is imperfect I, I think sometimes you know I and others present this as like this linear process like okay you know I do this stuff and it's all great and you know I never make mistakes again but the, the truth of it is is that I you know like food is just the tip of the iceberg for me it's all the stuff underneath it's the fact that I'm terrified to let people know me I'm terrified I want to construct this web of lies you know and then I get stuck inside of it. And, um, and so my experience was, is that I was surprisingly well received. Um, and also my experience as someone who has relapsed multiple times is that I have to continue to do this work and I have to continue to humble myself and I have to be willing to be vulnerable, you know, and I have to be willing to make things right. Um, yes, certainly uh, during this first round of, of amends, um, but also and also on a daily basis, you know, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. And, um, yeah, and, you know, the thing is, is that people are never thinking about me the same way I'm thinking about me, um, and that's my time. Uh, and, and most people are so much more forgiving of me than I am of myself, um, and certainly than this disease is of me, because it'll, it'll take me down um, for sure. So, anyways, I'll pass. I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you, Dara. Okay, Janice PM, you're up, followed by Chris G. And thank you so much, Katie F. Uh, this is Janice PM, recovered in Massachusetts. Yeah, okay. Now we know this is uh, we know this is Dr. Bob, and he's asked to do. He knows he has to go to any length to not drink, as I had to. I couldn't pick and choose what I didn't want to do, and of course, this was because of my fear as we've been saying, in my pride. You know, I really didn't think I hurt anybody I, because I was too focused on the hurts that they did to me. So now, how can he do this? Well, the last line in the previous uh, paragraph says, it tells me, the message for me was, he's ready because he asked God 
to give him the mastery. I can't do this myself. And by this time in the steps, in the process, I am in his care. And I've gone through the other steps. So I'm, I feel a little bit more secure. And they're really not. I was still afraid. But I knew that God was going to go in there with me. But, um, you know, uh, and it's funny because he says here, he made the rounds. <laughs> well, he's a doctor. Yeah, he used to make the rounds in one way to help people physically um, and, and get them better. Now he's making the rounds for himself to get himself better. So we will see. We know what happened uh, after he made the amends, but that's the solution. The solution is to have a higher power whom I choose to call God and, um, you know, rely on him. Oop, we lost you, Janice. Janice, we can't hear you. Okay, well, Janice must be having technical difficulties. So um, go ahead, please, Chris G., and then we'll give Janice another minute if she wants to come back. Chris? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, uh, okay great. Good morning. Good morning. This is, this is Christy, and I, I am in Tennessee, and I am a uh, compulsive overeater and um, a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, I uh, am intrigued about um, a couple of things in this paragraph. Oh, I got that word in, in, intrigued from the previous paragraph because I was just reading it. In the previous paragraphs, we talked about uh, trying to do this with willpower and then uh, 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 self-control, and then uh, that that uh, that didn't uh, last very long. It was a temporary solution: willpower and self-control. And and when I look at at my uh, experience, uh, I didn't have the ability to be honest. I I, I was not honest. And in, in going through the fourth step, uh, the most important thing for me was what would God have me be or what would God have me do? And, and I really uh, don't know uh, what God would have me be or have me do. Uh, and I have to, um, uh, I have to ask for, for that um, every day. Uh, what would God have me be today? And what would God have me do today? Um, so, so if I'm thinking about I'm trying to put myself in Dr. Bob's shoes a little bit. Um, he didn't know that he was going to never drink again. He didn't know that he was going to be well-received, but he was willing to do it whether or not he was uh, uh, successful. Uh, he, he didn't know the future, um, and, 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 and that's the way it is for us. I can look back at what I did, you know, 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and see how it turned out, but but I don't know the future. Uh, so I was really manipulative, and if I look at, I probably still am. But if I look at this from that point of thinking, I would say, well, if if I go around and and they don't receive me, what then? You know, and so it's like what I want is I'll do this and then you'll do that. And I'll do this and 
you know, you'll do that. And, and that's not the way this works. Um, if, if, you know, that, that's my way of dealing with fear. And uh, so, so the, the way it goes is if I have any of the, uh, if I have any of the principles of the program, honesty, discipline, maturity, if I have a little bit of those things, it's a gift. It's a gift from God, and I'm grateful. But I don't assume that I know what other people, how they're going to react. I just don't know. And that's okay. Whatever happens, God will take care of me. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Okay, so um, we are on page 156, the first paragraph. One morning, he took the bull by the horns. And we're commenting on that one paragraph only. And um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their recovery so, um, and experience. So uh, who would like to share? Chris W. from Tennessee. Beth W. Jackie A. Hoodie R. Ross M. Jackie Hoodie. I think I missed one person. I have Beth W., I think, from Tennessee, Jackie, um, Hoodie R, Ross M, and Vasa O. Did I miss someone? Okay, anyone else? I can take a few more. Heidi B. New York. Heidi B. You missed Chris. Chris, okay. What's your initial? It was, I was first Chris W. from Tennessee. Is there a Beth W. or did I get Beth wrong? No, I think it's Chris. Okay, great. Okay, so we have Chris W., Jackie, I'm not sure your initial, Hoodie R., Russ M., Vasa O., and Heidi B. Go ahead, please, Chris. Hi, this is Chris W. from Nashville, Tennessee. Chris with a K. And, um, yeah, I just had done my third round of steps um, in the last few weeks, and I'm just amazed at the power of truly looking at your part of it. And I had to do it different each time. Each sponsor had a different way of doing it. And the one where you just go through the whole list of character defects, it's like a page or two long. And I was just floored when I could see how many of the same defects that manifested themselves in different ways. And it's, truly been a miracle that I've had relationships just absolutely restored because I was willing to reach out. And before, I just sort of had an attitude of, well, I'm doing these amends. Um, But really, it was all in my response to how they treated me. It wasn't that I had done anything in the beginning to cause any of this. And I... I'm just amazed that I've been in and out of the meetings for like 40 years and done 
dozens of inventories and fifth steps and amends, but never in the same vein as I have now. And I'm just um, so relieved to have that monkey off my back and to feel that I really, God can take these defects from me and I can be a different person and I don't have to be dishonest and hiding out about who I really am. And I even talked to my sponsor yesterday. I said, I think I have to do a 10 step on my cat because I keep getting irritated and shoving her off my chair because I think I'll give her a couple minutes of head scratching and she wants like five minutes, but I'm, I was afraid that if I just keep up that behavior that I'm going to be starting to get irritated with people again. And um, so anyway, I'm just so grateful to be here and so excited that um, it doesn't matter how many times you've done this, God can reveal even more. So thank you for listening. Thank you, Chris W. And Jackie, it's your turn, and please give us your initial. Hi, this is Jackie A. from Connecticut. Okay. Um, hi. Thank you very much to everybody's shares and for their reading today um, and the service to come then after. I have had a hundred and... Oh, today would, I think today is like my 110th day in program. I started on Labor Day, so I'm terrible at math, but that backwards. And, um, and I work a really strong hospitalization program. Like I'm still going to two to three meetings a day. And I quickly could have slipped back into the, to relapse on Saturday. And I look at, like, the story of Dr. Bob of, like, what it feels like to just, like, enough is enough. Um, I've worked in mental health for 14, 15 years, and I did not rest on my – I rested on the other day's programs. Um, I rested on the laurels. I rested on my spiritual practice on Christmas. I wanted to spend time with my family. I didn't want to accept that I was a type 1. Uh, I'm sorry, type uh, – um, chronic eater I was just my my I was disconnected and I literally got home and was like shut the door up to my house and looked at my puppy and I was like this that was close like that was insanely close and I know I don't want to do that ever again um so this morning I get to work on my fifth step with my with my sponsor and we're going to keep going through the inventory and I'm just, I, I look forward to the rest of these steps. I want to keep making those amends. I don't, I don't want to keep putting people on my harms list because of how callous my mouth is. I want to keep putting people on my like peer list or my, on my like goodwill to other list. I need, I need that. And I need like this fellowship and I need wise um, support from others that are even if they're not fully recovered but they just see something I don't they see a blind spot and spirit talks to them like share it with me um because I don't want my pride and my expectations to constantly chase up more powerful than like when God's trying to send me a message so I look forward to the rest of this big book this is this is literally how I start my day and my day um start my weekends is with a vision 
and um, and talking to fellows within this program. So with that, I pass and thank you very much. Thank you so much, um, Jackie A. Now, Hoodie R, you're up, followed by Russ M. Hi, Katie. This is Hoodie R, a recovered compulsive overeater in Israel. And um, this paragraph, um, really, um, I really identified with. Um, he found himself surprisingly well received and learned that many knew of his drinking. And when I when I read these words, I thought of where I was prior to this program and that um, I identified that this is a disease of dishonesty, denial, delusion, and like no one knew what I was doing because I was very good at hiding. And in fact, that was the opposite. It's like I was trying so hard to hide and to lie and to, and, and all that, and, and deny and defy that my life was even more unmanageable then. Um, than it was, and, um, and so that now, looking in hindsight, I see myself as, you know, yes, this is my delusion, like every, um, I think that everyone sees me a certain way, and it's not true, and here I am, I come, program, recovery has taught me that I could be myself, I bring myself to situations, I learn and grow in the opportunities that are presented to me. Um, and I don't fear them anymore. And yes, it might it might be difficulty, and there might be uncomfortable interactions or um, relationships or anything. Things are that's what life is. Life is about uncom- being uncomfortable at times. But then recovery is teaching me to be okay. I am okay as I am. And what am I going to learn? How am I going to learn from this opportunity to be a better person? Um, and I'm just so grateful today that you know fear it it comes it comes and then I could just take the bull by the horns and set out and just do the next right action by doing the work, doing the steps with my sponsor, um, taking inventory and seeing my part and learning and from that opportunity and, and see where God wants me to go from there and. Um, I'm just so grateful today that I have there is a solution to my delusion mind, and I don't have to stay in that dishonesty anymore because there is there is truth and reality, and I'm not alone. And with that, I pass. Thank you, um, Hoodie R. Russ M. You're up, followed by Vasa O. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, uh, family. Russ M. Recover compulsive reader outside of Philly. So, I mean, the chair's been awesome today. It's mean, like always. Uh, when I, you know, when you, the paragraph was read and you know, I heard it, it's like, it brings me right back to my amends is obviously trying to get this thing done and, and I had to get, get past them because I had to be free and oh, thank goodness I don't have to do that again and most of them were really great. I was, you know, I was scared, very anxious. Uh, I didn't know which way to go, but I knew I wasn't going back. So I had to do these things in fear, in fear. And, you know, they went pretty well. A couple weren't that great, but, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And I'm like, man, thank God that's over. Now I'm almost five years in program, and, and I see what that was about. Because my my uh, my life. 
is going to be uh, necessary amends. It was a plan. It was a training ground. Working these steps showed me how to live because I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I'll, you know, I act stupid sometimes. Sometimes I just don't get it right, and I got to make amends. You know, I got to admit that I'm wrong. I got to take it to somebody. I got to get the emotion off of me. You know, I. This is simpleton, right? It should be self-explanatory, but sometimes I can't get that through my head that this program is for life. This program is not just so that I live my life, but until they bury me. This is how I got to live, or I'm going back to, to destruction and despair. And I, I, I ain't trying to do that. I ain't trying to go back. So as hard as this is, and not, it's not always hard, but sometimes I complicate this crap complicate life when it ain't that it ain't that hard i gotta go after it and just live it just sometimes you gotta simplify and go back to the big book talk to your fellows and just just do it just do it the way it needs to be done whether you want to do it or not and that's something that i had to get through my head and then seeing this paragraph that's what it brought out to me that oh yeah i graduated man i got through nah dog you're gonna be doing this for the rest of your life and guess what i can't complain through COVID, through loss, through all the whole mess, through the bumps of life, God has kept me free through this program and a relationship with him. So that's, that's it. Y'all have a great day. Love you. Thank you so much, Russ. Okay. <clears throat> Vasa O, you're up, followed by Heidi B. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, everyone. Vasa Grateful Recovery Compulsive Overeater Clown from Poor Child, Poor Child, Florida. And yes, there's no graduation for me from this program. I don't want to, you know, again, I don't want to ever, ever go back into the food, um, the character traits that I struggle to the extreme. They do come up sometimes, but I know what I need to do today. So it is step nine, making a list of all persons uh, I had harmed and, make, and made amends and harmed and make amends to them. And uh, I needed a sponsor to help me in that area. Uh, I didn't think I was as bad as the alcoholic. I didn't do all those things. But yeah, once I took my inventory at step four and five, brought a lot of the negative things that I had struggled with. Um, and uh, I, you know, again, I went to, I, I wanted to go to any length just not to go back to the food addiction. And, and, but I didn't think I needed to go to the rest of the steps because I became abstinent. I lost all the weight within six months. And my sponsor kept reminding me, if we don't follow, if we don't work the rest of the steps, I'd go back into the food. And I, and I heard people like that if they didn't do the steps and they went back to the food. So I didn't want to go back to the food. Although I felt awkward, I felt embarrassed to, you know, when I made some of my amends and I didn't have to make them all in one day. You know, it did start with my cat. I remember coming home from a meeting and the cat was just going around my legs, and she probably was looking for attention. And I remember kicking the cat, leave me alone, go, go away, you know. And then, you know, when I was in recovery for a while, and I wasn't doing that any longer to the cat, the poor cat didn't know what to do with me when I came in. And I would go and pat her. 
And, yeah, she wanted attention. But anyways, I've had a great experience for most of my amends that I have done, and they're all done in different ways, direct amends, amends through prayer, writing letters. Um, The hardest uh, um, amend was making my daughter. And, uh, And, yeah, and she doesn't accept it, and she doesn't want it, and she's still very angry at me for what happened as a child. There was a lot of discipline in my home. She didn't like it. But anyways, I'm working towards that. I've written 20-page letter typed, but I haven't sent it to her. It's all a lot of positive, a lot of wonderful things that we had with our daughter. The last couple of years, no, hasn't been that great. But I'm praying over it, and I'm working through it, and I throw myself even more into the program than think about that. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. And Heidi B., you're up, followed by a new list. So Thank you. So we'll have time for four more people after um, Heidi. Go ahead, please. Hi. Good morning. Thank you. Heidi B. in New York, recovered for today. Oh, so it says um, he set out to, to tell those he feared, and he trembled as he went about. And I have lived my entire life in fear paralyzing fear. And what that meant for me was that I wasn't living life at all. Um, And I was ashamed of that. I didn't want people to know that I had no life. And, um, you know, so I lied. And, you know, I even lied when people asked me what I had done over the weekend, you know, when my colleagues were all talking about their weekends. And, um, you know, and that's just what I did. and it says that he was well-received. And for me, um, you know, most of the people that I uh, needed to make amends to were like, what are you even talking about? And, um, you know, that's because the resentments and the harms were exaggerated in my head. And that's, that's been my experience with fear. Um, it's exaggerated. Um, and I build it up in my head. And it never needs to be as as big as it is but but that's what i do and um what i'm learning slowly by slowly is that i have to keep walking through it um with a higher power of my understanding and um you know and it gets easier and easier little by little and my life gets bigger and i get free and um for that i'm grateful thank you for letting me share Okay, thank you, Becky. Becky, sorry. Heidi. Okay, so although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares every third day. So who else would like to share on, from page 156, the first paragraph, one morning he took the bull by the horn? By the R. Okay, I heard none of that. Um, could you all talk slowly? Bonnie B. Florida. Who was from Florida? Bonnie B. Bonnie B. Okay. Next. Time for three. Nessa R. And there's someone else that is just, just really. Emily D. (laughs) Someone D. 
Emily. Emily D. Okay. April M. Utah. Great. Okay. So we have Bonnie B, Nessa R, Emily D, and April M. And hopefully we'll be able to hear all of them. Go ahead, please. Um, Bonnie B, followed by Nessa R. You'll need to star one, Bonnie. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Thanks. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for your service today. Um, Bonnie B., gratefully recovered by the grace of God for today um, from Minnesota, but currently in Florida. So this, this, this paragraph, um, oh my, was, I, was I challenged by, by this when I first came in? Yes. But this is what I want to share with, um, with everyone. Um, the things that I saw happen when I did this were unbelievable. I mean, as, as the previous speaker just shared, the fear, it was the fear that held me back. But, um, you know, two amends in particular um, um, were un- unbelievable. One of our daughters had been assaulted, um, and it was, it was very hard on her family, on our family. And, and I knew that I had amends with regards to some of my close friends because I felt like they hadn't done what I thought they should do. Um, as far as like standing up for us and um, and I had separated myself from them totally I had I had severed all relationships with them and four years into this program I still had not done those amends and I the I, I, I knew that I needed to and I picked up the phone and I called two and the third one I thought I can't do it I just can't do it it was so painful it was so hard and the next day I'm on um, on our deck in Florida, and like I said, we're from Minnesota, and the phone rings, and it's this gal. And I hadn't talked with her in six years. And she, she had gotten my number from um, her youngest daughter goes to college with one of ours, and um, she said, you know, I'm going to be in Florida. I'm wondering if I can visit you. And, um, and we met. And the healing that took place was unbelievable. Um, I just I just want to encourage people to to like to know that in the middle of something that that is really really hard, and I've had three of these where I have felt like I can't do it. God, my higher power, shows up, and what He does for me is like nothing I could have ever imagined, because not only is there restoration and healing, but there's a wholeness within my heart, and then I get to see them um, through the eyes, through the lens that God sees them. They were doing the best they could do. Um, unfortunately, it was it was a friend of the family. They were doing the best they could do to try and navigate um, how they should respond, what they should say, what should they what they should do, and I had a lot of judgment against it. And the friendship is, is the friendship is restored. Another one, real quickly, was um, when I had babysat when I was younger. I ate a lot of food from someone, and I knew that I needed to make that amends. They came to my dad's funeral. Um, I called them and said, is it okay for me to come over there in their 80s? And um, the the wife had said, that would be great. Jimmy's in hospice. I went over. I sat down. We talked for a while. The Lord opened the door so naturally um, with regards to, like, um, a granddaughter of hers that gains and loses, gains and loses. And I talked about my eating disorder. Um, I asked if I could, um, you know, pray with her husband, Jimmy, before I left. And they said yes. And he passed away two days later. And I went to the funeral, and she said, you will, you will never have any idea what it meant to Jimmy for you to come over. Now, she didn't even talk about 
the gift card that I, I mean, what I did was not any place in her mind. What meant the most. Sorry, time, please. Oh, yes. Thank you so much. So I just want to encourage people to, um, to do it and to be excited about what might happen because, because most of the time it's good. Thank you so much, and I'll pass. Thank you so much. Nessa R., you're up, followed by Emily D. Hi, good morning, Vision for You. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. And um, this, this program does not make sense. Um, you know, before recovery, my life was thoroughly unmanageable. Um, and I thought that the reason I ate was because my life was thoroughly unmanageable. It was in every single aspect from little things like like uh, doing the dishes or doing the laundry to bigger things like, you know, um, establishing and following a family budget to even bigger things like my relationships, which were all in, in shambles. Like I, you know, even my, my most dear, precious relationships with my husband and my children were all, um, you know, totally in shambles. I just cannot um, think of any other description. And I thought that that was the reason I, I ate and so the solution to my life was, uh, you know, self-help programs and self-help books. You know, if I only change, if I only work on myself, if I improve, if I take budgeting lessons, if I read, you know, like how to influence, uh, how to make friends and influence people. And I just follow the advice of experts and then my life is going to be great. And none of that worked. But all of that made sense. Like if my life was the, if the unmanageability was the cause of all my problems, I just had to address the unmanageability. But, you know, I, I, I know now, uh, because hindsight is always twenty twenty that I didn't eat because my life was unmanageable. Uh, my life was unmanageable because I ate. And you know what? That doesn't make any sense. Um, but when I put down the food and I worked the steps, things became manageable. Um, you know, big things and little things. I can manage a household. I can run a business. I have beautiful relationships, not only with my husband and, and children, but with, you know, most people around me. Um, I, um, I just lost my, my, my train of thought. Oh, um, and you know, as long as I continue doing what has worked, meaning keeping the food down and continuing to work the steps every day of my life, uh, my life will be manageable. And, you know, it even, it even encompasses things like the curveballs that God throws at us every single day. Some of the curveballs are, are small and some of the curveballs are, are big, but I'm not scared of them. I'm not scared of the unknown um, because um, I'm well-grounded in in my recovery and in my relationship with God. And I know that whatever he sends my way, he's going to help me get through it. And that totally doesn't make sense. Um, but I don't need to understand it the same way. I, I don't need to understand this disease. I don't know why I'm a compulsive overeater. All I know is that I am and that what I need to do is what's in front of me. Um, you know, working the steps in entire abstinence in my life is going to be not only manageable, but beautiful. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa. <clears throat> okay, we have four minutes. If um, Emily and April could each take two minutes, that would be awesome. Okay, no problem. This is Emily D. Uh, recovered for today in Chicago. Good morning, family. I'm grateful to be here 
and to be reading about fear, my favorite, my favorite topic. Um, because as it's been mentioned, you know, this program teaches us how to be courageous. And, you know, fear, I have had fears removed. I also just live with the fear that I have, you know, resistance for me, which I've been going through a lot lately. It's like, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this. And God's just like, well, okay. I mean, that's a prayer in and of itself. I don't want this. And I think, you know, part of when I read this paragraph, it's like, I have a couple of options now as a recovered woman, you know, that help me get through discomfort because it's on my nightly review pretty much every day. Like, what was my fear? Being uncomfortable. I mean, being uncomfortable, and it doesn't even matter why. And sometimes isolating the variable because life is what life is, is impossible. So don't worry about the why. We just wake up with that, right? We're addicts, so we've got that kind of sizzle. Uh, the only way to quiet it, and I remember as a newcomer feeling really unsatisfied with this, is two things for me, to go to God and say, help me, please or to call a fellow. And I had this experience yesterday, of course, came through right at the right time of someone calling me and we had a giggle. And we giggle in this program too, because it's like, seriously, is this it? Like, this is what we get, nothing else works. We have a spiritual malady. And for me, the only way um, to sort of move through that inevitable discomfort and crisis and stuff that happens is to get on my knees if needed, and it's usually needed, or to call a fellow, any one of you, and have a giggle about it. Um, because there is a bit of ridiculousness about how fear has crippled us. And what's so great, and I'll end with this, is just that we get to be courageous now. And that is pretty remarkable. More of that, please. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Emily D. Okay, April, you actually only have one minute, if you don't mind. April, would you like to take one minute? <clears throat> yes, I'll, I'll be even quicker okay. than that, April. Thank um, you. Cover over either, and I would just wanted to um, put my hat in the ring and just say um, I needed to be willing, you know, there's a whole bunch of steps before this step, and I had to make sure with the help of a sponsor what I was making amends for because I had no perspective on a lot of the things that I had did. So the other steps helped me with that. And, you know, there was things that, you know, I think Dr. Bob did his first big amends, and, you know, I did that too, but there was a whole bunch of things that I was, that were unknown about myself. So as I go through this process, there's more things that I uncover about me, and it seems like, you know, um, the, the more glaring and um, hard stuff was came up front. But as I go through this process, you know, it's more important for me to amend my behavior because if I'm still doing the same things that I did when I did my first amends, then, you know, I need to to take a look at that. So amending my behavior, some of those amends, my professional amends, I had to amend my behavior. I had to just amend my behavior. And so, um, you know, I, I get Time, please. grateful. Okay, thank you.
Thank you so much, April, and thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, December 27th, 2021, 7 a.m. meeting is 18,304. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Penny E. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I come. There you are. Sorry. I'm here, but just not on the page. Okay. Uh, 164. Okay. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose to you more, more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.